you could almost feel the scale and the, and the size of these pillars. And even on the image itself, without transforming it into, into a 3D animation, you, you feel so much happening there. You feel the, the light from the stars sculpting these pillars. You see the different layers. You see stars on the background. You see stars on the foreground. You see these pillars in between. It's really a stunning, stunning, absolutely image. All these little structures, all these little uh, fingers in the gas, it's precisely from all this activity from the stars being born, which are shaping and carving the gas around it. The Eagle Nebula, the pillars of creation, it's absolutely stunning. Pictures that amaze, but also inspire awe. They were created by Martin Kornmesser and Luis Calzada, a combination of science and art. Hello, good afternoon. We wanted to know just how it's done, so we set up an interview with Luis Calzada, which, due to the coronavirus pandemic, was conducted remotely. And the cameras are not like traditional uh, uh, photographic cameras in the sense that they snap and it's a beautiful, colorful image of the, of the universe. No. The Hubble gets the data, observes the universe through these filters, and a filter is like a little lens that you put in front of the camera that only lets light of a certain uh, wavelength or color uh, pass through. And usually if you want to observe the full object, we use many, many filters, one after the other, and then we combine these filters to make a color image. The colors are very, very tightly connected to the real physical processes. After this, we start fine-tuning it a little bit. That's where the artist part comes. Of course, this is kind of like the real data now, and then slowly we start adding a little bit more, um, you know, contrast, adjustments here and there. There's a lot of creative freedom. We start with the real data, we combine it with the real science, but then, of course, there's ways in which we can try to combine this in a more aesthetically pleasing way. The main uh, objective, 99% of the time, let's say, is to collect data that scientists are, gonna, are going to research on. It is not to make beautiful images. Uh, that's a side, that's a side product, you know what I mean? Sometimes the images are not very aesthetically pleasing when we get the data. The image can come uh, a bit uh, damaged, a little bit with artifacts, which the scientists don't care, so to speak, because they want to, they care more about the data, they care about the numbers. But we want to use these images uh, for the public. We want to show these beautiful images for the public. So sometimes to make this little bridge between what the astronomers need and want and what the uh, public needs and can sometimes be a bit of a challenge. I can hear Martin saying, oh, if, if only they would have composed it like this. The observers, they're not thinking like this. They just want the data from this region. But sometimes we think artistically, oh, what if the image was a little bit more composed like this or like that?
And sometimes when we capture some of these images, it feels like, oh, it's, yeah, it's just, just something which is static. But, but just as time scales are a bit different from what we humans are used to. So for us, it kind of looks like, oh, it's just, it's just stopped. But no, it's actually just violently uh, uh, changing. In Monocerotes, it's actually interesting in just the course of a few years, 10, 20 years, we actually see a, a very beautiful uh, light echo. So the light is going through the gas that's around the, uh, these binary stars. And it's actually shining through and it's revealing more of this kind of like blossoming flower. It's really interesting to see that the entire life of humankind, it's a very, very tiny blip in the history of the universe.